Dylan Walker podcast with me, Chris Bergowin, speaking to you here in the UK, where it's a little after five past 11 at night. I'm speaking to you from uh, from my bedroom because of uh, just recovering from my surgery, but I'm very fortunate tonight to be joined all the way from Los Angeles, California, by my good friend Mackenzie Miller. Mackenzie, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you, Owen? Uh, yeah, surviving, mate, surviving. Just uh, living, living on uh, living on painkillers and Lucozade. <laughs> surviving, but always thriving, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Steelers obviously had some good news this week, obviously on from Sunday, so gave us a positive mindset going into, into this week. So it's always good when that happens, isn't it? Oh, my God, yeah. It's very encouraging, I will say, going into this weekend. Slightly, slightly. We had to discuss the quarterback situation a little further um, to continue that optimism. But I will say, encouraging, very encouraging. So if we think back to last Sunday, to the Buccaneers coming to town, um, obviously not not many people give uh, the Steelers an opportunity at all, did they? They they pretty much written us off. So, um, you know, what, what was your overall impression of the game last Sunday? Well, I will say I was proud of our defense for how they handled Tampa Bay, given all of the injuries on our defensive side. Um, Having Minka out was a huge – it was a huge deal to some people hearing that at first because you think, great, your number one guy is out already. Your number two, Minka's trying to step in and try and glue the defense together. When you hear he's out, it's like, great, what hope is left for our defense? But – we were surprised. We were pleasantly surprised. I think it was what Edmonds made so many big plays on defense that we saw. Like we saw so many, we just saw so many good things that we didn't expect to see defensively. I, I, I'll, I'll start off by saying that on the defensive side. Absolutely, the defensive side was. I was really impressed with the, with the defense, given that our secondary was so decimated. Like you said, obviously Minka Fitzpatrick was missing, Levi Wallace was missing, Akella Witherspoon was missing, Cam Sutton was missing, and we had the likes of James Pierre, Arthur Mollet, Josh Jackson playing at uh, in the cornerback positions. But I was really impressed on Sunday with Terrell Edmonds, with two in two ways. One with just the way he he tackled, the way his run support was fantastic, but also the way that. You know, coming out of the what Mike Tomlin was saying that Terrell Edmonds' communication and his organization on Sunday was absolutely first class. I thought he was brilliant the way he stepped up. No, yeah, I agree. I agree. He stepped up on a lot of big plays um, that really saved us. You know, that st- stopping Tom Brady isn't easy, especially when the Steelers are going up against him. Tom Brady likes to come in and take control, walk all over us, but. I was I was just blown away with with, with the way that we handled um, the Buccaneers, especially handling their offense. I know it was it was ex- excellent excellent way they handled them, and uh, I don't know whether like you, like you Mackenzie like me so like me Mackenzie you enjoyed uh, Tom Brady's mini rant that he had at his offensive line shows what a sore loser that guy really is. I know, and I feel like before we've seen similar clips of him getting frustrated with his offense when they're not performing up to his his standards, if you will. Yeah. If it's not up to Tom's standards, then you're going to hear it. Uh, is what I'm learning. But then you gotta you got to take a step back and think why this weekend was a little different. 
why that whole yelling at your offense wasn't okay. He missed the walkthroughs. Like, if you miss walkthrough, you're not going to be looked at as, you know, with respect in regards to, like, the other guys. I'm pretty sure a lot of the guys were frustrated with him. So I just feel like there might be, a, like, a little disconnect on the offense because yeah. even – what was it? Even – uh uh Andrew Whitworth I think it was now commentator like retired football player Andrew Whitworth yeah. he went on and said man I would be pissed if I were the Buccaneers offense if I walked into Pittsburgh Steelers missing my walkthrough um so there I just think that we hmm, kind of got lucky in a sense with the fact that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in shambles right now yeah. um you know, Brady's also going through his little divorce. So, yeah, there's, they're really, I'm, I'm very satisfied with that we showed up and didn't let a team like that walk all over us because we easily could have lost. We easily still could have lost that game, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I was, and what was really impressive, I think, for me was the fact that I think the Steelers did exactly what we, what we wanted them to do after their performance against Buffalo. They showed heart, they showed passion. They showed pride, and they actually did something that, that they they hadn't done against Buffalo. They should they showed a real. I think what was it? Troy Polamalu said in his Hall of Fame speech. He said, "You know, you don't you don't de- dishonor the black and gold suit of armor. You don't desecrate that black and gold suit of armor." And I think all the players more than stepped up on Sunday, didn't they? They showed amazing pride in the jersey. Oh, oh, hundred percent. I think that that switch from Buffalo to Tampa was so evident, like whatever they did last week at practice, whatever the coaches said to them, whatever noise they were hearing from the media, former players, yada, yada, yada. I think it all got to them because now we can go offensively. Claypool, we saw him step up, right? Yeah. We saw step up him step up in a time of need, right? We see Kenny Pickett get a little whiplash, right? We, we heard it's not concussion, right? So yeah. I think I, I called it from when I saw his head hit the hit, hit the ground. I'm like, man, like that's like a whiplash. He better not have a concussion from that. Now I understand mm-hmm. they wanted to be safe by pulling him out of the game. Um, so everybody's breath is probably like, what are we going to do now? Like the guy that we thought was going to take us to beat Tom Brady is now out. All hope is lost. We're going to lose, right? That's what was going through my mind. Um, but I guess we can't really doubt Mitchell Trubisky that much. Maybe his role of a backup quarterback is really sinking in well for him. Maybe now he sees and understands. Um, I heard somebody say he just plays. He's playing now like he just doesn't give. He doesn't care. You know, maybe that's what we needed to see from him when he was actually starting. Maybe the pressure of being the quarterback, the guy might have been getting to his head. So maybe he went into the rest of this game thinking, you know, we got nothing to lose. I know what's expected of me. I'm just going to go for it. And I think that we saw Mitch step up as well because we saw, um, you know, not only Claypool, but Mitch make some good plays. So I will say that that was another thing that surprised me. Definitely. I think you're right. 100% correct with that because Mitch just seemed to be a, a different player when he came in, in relief. He, di- he didn't seem to have the weight of the world on his shoulders. He didn't seem to be worrying about making a mistake. It just seemed to be 
that he went out there and put everything out there and, and, and it worked, didn't it? I mean, number of those third down conversions, the, the touchdown pass to Claypool, the run that he got the first down on to ice the game. And like you said, Chase Claypool really did step up and was, I thought Chase was brilliant. And I'm a big fan of Chase Claypool. I, you know, I've got his jersey. I'm, I really like Chase Claypool. So I'm pleased to actually see him coming off now. And maybe those words from Tony Romo against Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills, maybe he heard them and maybe they stung him a little bit when Romo said that he's got all the tools to be a, a monster, but he just doesn't use them at the moment. I mean, that could possibly be one of the reasons why he stepped up. Yeah. And I will say the same thing for Najee Harris. I'm pretty sure they were calling him a pedestrian in the backfield or yeah. not in the backfield or what they were just calling him pedestrian. Cause all he was doing was he was just there. He was just standing there in the back, not really producing much. And then we see touchdown mm-hmm. or touchdown of the game, right? With Najee. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it was just, it was, it was nice to even see him wake up a little bit, knowing that he, now he's being talked about. You know, the Alabama, uh, you know, the Alabama prospect. He literally came to our team, giving us hope that we could have a better running game, and he hasn't been doing that well so far. So it's it was nice to see him make a little bit of an impact on the game against Tampa. Yeah. So Jet Merlin, the live chat here says, I believe Brian Flores has a lot to do with the, that design at Cold Mill report. I was a f- referring to an earlier comment that uh, Cold Mill made, which was, here we go. Uh, the disguise coverage is so well in that game, late shifts. Mike T was on one in that game. So, you know, what, what role do you think, if any, that Brian Flores played? Do you think Flor- the, when that was starting to see them allowing Flores to have more of an influence over the defense now? I mean... I don't know what they did between the, the weekend of the Bills, between the weekend of the Tam- of Tampa. Yeah. But I think that we're we might start seeing everything, all the pieces start coming together, right? So we're gonna see Brian Flores how he does this weekend going up against his former team, right? Yeah. So last week was a great little like test to see how we go up against Tampa, right? Preparation-wise, right? Let's see what he can do this week against Miami. Then we'll talk. Then we'll see if this is going to be something to look forward to, if things are really going to come in the mesh um, for Brian Flores and and what they're doing with the defense, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. Now, obviously, there's been a few stories obviously come out of uh, Steeler Nation since that victory over the bill, uh, the book, sorry. Uh, you know, obviously, that uh, we were on a high. And then uh, victory, on Victory Monday, there was, unfortunately, some very sad, uh, well, not, uh, not sad news, more, more dis- I think, disgraceful news. Mackenzie, did you see the um, interview with Kevin Dotson where he said that he'd been receiving death threats um, because of his performance? Yeah, it was disgust. I, 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 it's, I'm disgusted by what is happening like why fans feel the need to make up like a story in their mind that these Steelers players somehow don't have feelings that they're not a person that they just aren't aren't the same as everyone else like for some reason people think that football players are like invincible and whatever they say like whatever people say to them like like I don't get why people 
can't understand that we're all human, right? We're not all going to have a good day. It's like to the person who said that to, to him, I would be like, okay, you don't probably have good days, right? I'm sure if you were getting yelled at by your boss, you wouldn't have people coming up to you telling you to go kill yourself now, would you? Like that is so, so huge. The fact that someone felt the need after a win, mind you, a win, not a loss, a win to come after a player, I think it's terrible. I think it's disgusting. I think it's horrendous that anyone has to go through that. Like you're doing what you love. You're doing your best at every second. You're in the National Football League for a reason. Like, it's just the fact that people don't think that they have feelings. It, 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 it's beyond me. Beyond me. We're human. We're all human. They're not robots. They're no yeah, different I, you and I. I agree completely with you, with Mackenzie. And I think, as Jay Devil says in the live chat there, that those aren't fans. Yeah, you know, and I think these people can make up a narrative in their head, can't they, that... You know, they're their most passionate Steeler fans. That all they want is the Steelers to win, to win Super Bowls, to win playoff games, to, you know, to destroy every team we play against. But real fans don't do that. You don't, like you said, we, we need to remember that these people, even though they are paid millions and millions of dollars and, and, they, and, they, and they're in front of, you know, national TV audiences every week, they're not robots. They're human beings at the end of the day. And I think, as I said on my video that I put out on this on Pittsburgh, and I said, we've got to remember that Kevin Dotson, he is, you know, he's someone's father. He's someone's son. He's someone's brother. You know, uh, he has a family. He, and I'd have hoped that after, I think I've said this a number of times now, I'd have, I would have said after the tragedy of the Dwayne Haskins situation, God rest his soul, you know, that, that we think of these people as humans now. We don't think of them as been, as been these robots. And yeah, fine, criticize them for their, criticize them for their play on the field and point out what they did wrong and point out what they can do better because that's what analysts do. That's what coaches do. But don't make it personal. Don't go after them as individuals and don't go after their families. That is just 100% out of order for me. And I hope the police are taking taking these death threats seriously. I hope the police are looking into them and I hope these people end up where they deserve, which is in jail. Yeah, no, I agree. It's not, it's literally, it's never acceptable to use death threats at, because you're, you, you didn't like the way someone played. It's literally... It's beyond me why people stoop so low. They're just not happy with their, they're not happy with themselves. So, you know, they're just taking it out on whoever they can. And, you know, it's sad. It's tragic. It really is. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, I, I accept, uh, look, we, we know that Kevin Dotson isn't having the best of seasons. He's not playing particularly well at this moment in time. You know, he's given up five penalties in the last two games and all for very similar things, you know, holding, uh, false starts, et cetera, et cetera. But these are things that, you know, that can be worked on with uh, the offensive line coach, Pat Mayer and Isaac Williams, the assistant offensive line coach. But I think what fans have got to remember when criticising Dotson is that, you know, he is still quite a young player. He's only in, I think, his third year in the NFL now. He missed a lot of last season uh, through injury. So he's, he's still learning the game. And the other thing with the offensive line is, even though the line is ranked ninth at this moment in time in the NFL, there is no depth and there is no pressure on these guys behind them because if you look at the starting five, that starting five pretty much is all you've got because what have you got behind Kevin Dotson? You've got Kendrick Green and Kendrick Green is not an NFL caliber player. What have you got behind Mason Cole, JC Hassenauer? Okay, as a backup, but other than that, there is literally nothing in terms of depth behind the offensive line. I mean, 
what 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 were your impressions of the depth on the offensive line at this moment in time, Mackenzie? Oh my god, that I mean, look, I'm I can't even answer that question right now because I think that there's it's still growing it's still growing pains with getting the offensive line yeah. back to where it needs to be. Um, I, I think they're doing the best they can with what they have. Yeah. And, you know, we saw Kenny get hit the other day. How much of that was on the offensive line? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. So yeah, that's, let, let's, let, let's look at one of the story as well before we took, we sort of think ahead to the Miami game at the weekend, the primetime matchup. Uh, down at the Hard Rock Stadium in on South Beach. I mean, let, let's have a look at... Um, now, obviously, there's been a growing narrative coming out of, out of out of the Pittsburgh Steelers that a number of Steelers senior players and Steelers, Steelers offensive players are becoming increasingly frustrated with Matt Canada and what Matt Canada is doing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, my good friend Noah Strachbean of Sports Illustrated wrote an article not so long back saying that, you know, the receivers and the offensive players were fed up of Matt Canada, fed up of what his scheme, fed up of what he was doing and the fact it wasn't working. Now, there was an interesting video doing the rounds on social media during the week on TikTok and also on Twitter and also on Facebook as well. Now, you can make your own decisions on this video. I'm going to share this eight minute, eight second video clip in a minute and then Mackenzie and I are going to talk about it. But I want let you let, live chat. You be the judges as well, as well of who Chris Boswell is actually talking to in this clip. So, what we see in that video clip, just to recap, is we see Matt Canada come down from the booth and celebrate with Mike Tomlin. A few seconds later, Chris uh, Chris Boswell comes into shot and says. We're not sure who to. It ain't because of you. I can guarantee you that much. Mackenzie, what, what are your impressions on seeing that video clip? Well, by the look on his face, okay? If you look at his face, he looks like he's slightly annoyed. Yeah. I think, I don't think he was having a side conversation with someone. Because if it were me, and I was frustrated with our offensive coordinator, especially, especially because, you know, in the, um, you know, like a few games ago, I forget which game it was. They brought him out on the field for no reason to do something to, to kick yeah. the ball. And when we should have, when we should have like, I don't know what the scenario was. I just know that I have every reason to believe we have every reason to believe that he was mumbling and it was picked up. And it was louder than he thought. And he was spitting straight facts. It wasn't because of you. It wasn't because of you, Matt. Um, I think he I think he just didn't. He accidentally said something that wasn't supposed to be heard. Um, unfortunately, it was just caught on camera and his frustration was clearly shown on yeah. on camera i mean as cole mill report says here, he says but whoever it said it speaks facts uh brian harrington said that's guy talk in the locker room uh, he doesn't think he was calling canada out um someone says they don't know if it was boz i think if you actually watch the video it is actually boz 
that says it. Um, Alex Mahoney says, what kind of run plays is Canada running? It's not a traditional run play draw. No fallback. Offensive line seem to be out of place. Alex is confused by Matt Canada. I don't think, Alex, I don't think it's just you that's confused by Matt Canada. I think it's uh, I think it's the whole offence that is really confused by, uh, by Matt Canada. But it's certainly an interesting one, isn't it, Mackenzie? And I think... You know, I think it's given perhaps a little bit more credence to the fact that Steelers players are becoming increasingly frustrated with Canada and what he is doing. And yes, we won against the Bucks on Sunday, but I wasn't massively impressed with the offense and what they did. And the first drive was fantastic. It was aggressive. They went out and did exactly what they needed to do. But after that, I think they seemed to regress again. Mackenzie back into this run, run, pass thing again. They just didn't they seem predictable and they seem predictable and boring again i mean do you think canada do you find canada's offense predictable and boring 100 it's like it, it's it's insane because it's like oh even when Najee gets the ball it's the same old story you're just running into a pile of men and i can remember up since i was a kid watching football and getting so frustrated that you would consistently run the same play over and over and over again. Your running back just runs right into the line and gets stuffed. Like it is so frustrated. You see a lot of teams doing creative things on offense. Okay. Keyword creative. Where is the NFL going? Right. It, you have to be creative with your plays if you want to succeed. I'm going to say – I've said it once. I'm going to say it again. Look at Patrick Mahomes. Look at what him and the offense are, are doing. Yes, they just lost to the Bills. We're not going to talk about that. However, you have seen Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs generate plays on offense that leave people's jaws dropped, okay? When was the last time – we can say that about ourselves. You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't. It's it's sad. It's so sad. All you want to see is a uh it, just a spark ignite on offense, especially in the running game. And it's really, really um it's it's really hard to say that I'm confident it's gonna get better with Matt Canada. Yeah, I agree with you, Mackenzie. I think the chances of him being got rid of in season are fairly remote. You know, we, we've all heard, haven't we, time and time again, it, it's it's not the steel, not the stealer way to sack coordinators in season. But I really do think that come the end of the season, he will be gone. Um, you know, he, he really is clueless for me. As Alex Mahoney says here, uh, sorry, Get Merlin said, Alex Mahoney, Canada is a mediocre college OC at best. He's not skilled in putting together pro-level concepts and schemes. And that's that's 100 correct he is a college offensive coordinator he's trying to i mean i can't remember who this was but i was reading some work on on canada and what i read was the fact that he said that he is trying to run a college spread offense in the nfl and the college spread offense works on the basis of picking on the weaker players on the college defenses that cannot set the edge well you're not going to have that in the nfl because that standard is just so much higher now as we know college football is somewhere down here uh, NFL football is somewhere up here and you can't run that similar system in the NFL. It just does not work. So I think he's way out of his depth. And I don't know if you've seen any of his interviews, Mackenzie, like I have, but he looks he looks uncomfortable. He looks like he doesn't know what he's talking about. 
He's rude. He's arrogant. He doesn't answer the question. He's very short with the, with the media. And that gives me, as someone who you know, can judge what a person's like when they're answering questions, he hasn't got a clue what he's doing. He really does seem to be an over his head hugely, in my opinion. In my opinion, I think Matt Rule should pick up Matt Canada and start a little thing of themselves in college, and then they'll be one happy little family, yeah? Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely, yeah. Go and, go, and, go and coach some college team somewhere. Um, Canada says, Mahani says here, Canada was so excited, he acted like his offense scored 50 points. His play calling was bad, gave Brady too many chances, too conservative. Can we win with this offense? I suppose that's the concern. Again, it's you know not scoring over 20, over 20 points again is a concern now obviously let's look ahead to sunday it's a uh, prime time it's sunday night football it's yes. the miami dolphins it's uh hard rock stadium and i personally i think the dolphins are a very underrated team this year they they have done exceptionally well at the start of this season i mean obviously they were better one with Tua in place um you know Tua suffered that horrible concussion but now he's back apparently for sunday's game i mean what, what I, know, I know we're Steeler fans, Mackenzie, but what is your overall impression of what the Dolphins have done so far? I think you 100% hit the nail on the head. They are a very underrated team. They have a new coach with Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel, I don't know if any of you have ever heard that man speak, but he is hilarious. He is smart. He knows what he's doing. We've seen Miami this season so far. Okay, with Tua, they were 3-0. and and one of those three wins includes coming back from like a 20-point deficit at half to the Ravens. I think they were down by at least 20 at, at half. Come back, win the game. How? You wouldn't have seen that last year from, from the Dolphins, right? right? We've seen them, as you will, get, their, get, get it together. You, you see – other teams in the NFL, their pieces are starting to come together, right? Well, the pieces are starting to come together for the Dolphins. And the last two weeks without Tua, they struggled, okay? But now he's coming back this weekend. I'm a little a little worried, just a little worried on offense, like not offensively, but like I'm worried about their offense and us stopping them. Uh-huh. Not so worried in the sense that we have Brian Flores. Brian Flores used to be with the Dolphins, right? So yeah. you can imagine um, w- what kind of advantage we might have. We might have. I-, I don't know how much of an advantage we will have, but I know that after what we saw last week, hopefully Brian can navigate navigate Miami in, in, in any way uh, to be a, being able to stop their offense. We, we got to be able to stop. They have Tyreek Hill. They have Mike Gusecki. They got Jalen Waddle. You know, Jalen and Tua play together in college. You're seeing a lot of those duos now, right, with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, that duo. You got this duo. Like, it. this is a team to look out for, a huge team to look out for. So, you know, the Steelers do have another challenge this weekend. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, the, the Dolphins are a very promising team. Um, offensively loaded, absolutely loaded. And Mike McDaniel is someone, is a coach I've got a lot of time and respect for. I mean, he's someone that came from the Carl Shanahan coaching tree. Carl Shanahan is, is an exceptional offensive mind. I think McDaniel definitely benefited from working alongside Carl Shanahan. 
um, and learning what you know how Kyle, Kyle Shanahan did run the offense in San Francisco, and I think he's taken that and evolved it into this Dolphins offense. Um, I think, it, I think you know it's going to be a very very tough game. Now, looking at the injury report that came out today, okay. here we have our current injury report. Oh no, um, it's it's long, it's long. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> it is. I think slightly more encouraging than last week shall we say with the fact that you know that um kenny was a full participant uh Freyamuth is a full participant um and even those people who last week missed out completely you know levi wallace is a full participant so having him back will be beneficial for covering the likes of waddle and waddle and uh hill minka was limited so at least that's a step forward from being you know not practicing at all so i think that it's there's certainly more promising signs on that and it is only wednesday today i think i think i'm right in saying it's only wednesday yeah wednesday yep so that that's you know that that's positive um alex mahoney asks if the game against miami is another bad offensive showing do you see canada been demoted no way i, I don't think you're going to demote him mid season i don't i i think you you really only see that when you're really really struggling like we're struggling but we could be a, a lot worse off yeah. What do you think of this? Uh, Jet Merlin says, I don't know why they don't just promote Mike Sullivan, the QB coach who's had a really good 17-year NFL resume with offenses. Um, yeah, I mean, Mike Sullivan did actually work with the New York Giants. He was the QB coach and wide receivers coach in their two Super Bowl winning teams. And he was the offensive coordinator. And he, ha he actually worked with Eli Manning. But Eli, but, but when? What, day, what Eli Manning days? Like the bad Eli Manning days? Like the or the good at Eli Manning days because I think it was I think it was the bad I I think it was the bad Eli I think it was the end of the Eli it, Manning time. Yeah, because I was gonna say you said giant like I I don't know but what you know whatever I, hey they're gonna do their job we're gonna have our opinions whatever happens happens you know just. One, one, one step at a time you know we'll see we'll we'll see the end of the season come we'll see matt canada's fate you know things will things will happen for us for the better eventually you know things will come into place i think you know if we you know look at this game on sunday mackenzie i think there's one or two key matchups we need to look at i think obviously melvin ingram is um one of the dolphins premier pass rushers at this moment in time um Dan Moore will be obviously covering him. Um, I mean, that's going to be a key matchup there. Um, obviously, you like you've identified Hill Waddle against our secondary. Do you think if we if we look at the defense first of all, do you think defensively we've got enough going into this game to stop the likes of Waddle, to stop the likes of Hill, to stop the likes of Gazicki? Listen. We couldn't stop Stefan Diggs. We couldn't stop Davis. We couldn't stop anybody a few weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. And that was with a good offensive team. Okay. Last week we didn't see we weren't up against a good a good offense, right? We're coming back to a good offense this week, right? So yeah. um if we play anything like we did against the Bills, then yeah, no, no, we, we're not going to be able to stop anybody. You know, I'm I'm nervous. Like, I'm very scared. If we can't stop anybody, we are going to get our butts reamed. We saw how many points this team can put up in just one half, how far they can come back. Like, I, I, I'm telling you right now, Owen, if we see the same 
performance as we did against the Bills, we are going to get our asses kicked. Excuse my language. We are going to get murdered if we cannot stop their offense. That, yeah, absolutely. I think we need a similar style performance as we had against against the uh, Bucks. The defense really needs to step up and play to its full potential. Now, offensively, I think the big concern offensively is obviously can we score enough points? And that that's a big one. I mean, this offense is still not average. still averaging somewhere in the region of fifteen to eighteen points a game, and that is a huge concern. A huge concern going into this game. Who needs to step up on Sunday to to give the Steelers offense? some hope of uh winning everyone it, we can't rely on one person everybody everybody needs to step up their game everyone i don't care who you are you need to play to your best potential and we have not been playing to our best potential and that include that that is everybody we are a team there's no iron team it's not a one-man band show it's not a two-man band show it's a every man band show it is we are a band we are a team we are one and that is what i would like to see <laughs> definitely definitely do you think having pat back is going to really help this offense i oh, think yeah. he's a big a big miss obviously on sunday okay uh, this is going to be a really another interesting thing that we're going to see on sunday okay pat pat Fryermuth yeah came from penn state we're playing against mike gasecki also came from Penn State. Pat Learn from Gusecki. Two very, very similar players. Yeah. However, don't know how much Mike is contributing to the Dolphins like Pat is contributing to the Steelers. Now, is Pat better than Mike? I don't know. I will say, though, having Pat back is huge for us. He mm -hmm. is a huge contributor on offense. The fans love him. The fans are behind his behind him a hundred percent because they know he is he is that guy. He is going to be that guy for us for a very very long time. Um, that's it's it's necessary that he also plays up to his potential, but doesn't doesn't you know re-injure his head. You know? Definitely, definitely. Uh, Moose return will mean the disappearance of Claypool. Brian Brown thinks. Um, Maybe we never know. Um, there's another one. Shout out to my Nittany Lions out there. Yay! Even though we didn't have the best performances against Michigan the other week. Um, <laughs> Can I just note something? One more thing. Yeah. Connor Hayward. Oh Can yeah. Can we just definitely. talk about Connor Hayward no, for a second? Totally. He that play that he had for us. It was a big play that we that that we saw from him last weekend, right? And it was reminding me of what was missing without Pat, because those are the big plays that Pat would be making for us. I think it is very encouraging to see Connor Hayward um, in the future, that how they can contribute him, um, you know, when it's right on offense. What do you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. Connor Hay Connor's been great. I mean, he, 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 he's got it all, hasn't he? He, he, he for, for a guy who's not demonstratively big, he can he can block he's physically he's quick and that run on sunday was fantastic haywood for me is someone who really impresses me and i think haywood is someone who who as he matures is going to play an increasing role for the pittsburgh steelers he really is um the fact that obviously he wears heath's jersey as well is uh you know definitely 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 worth uh, he's, he's a quality player shall we say yeah very much a quality player 
and I'm very, yeah. very, very impressed with him so far. Um, I think, you know, it, it's going to be, a, I think it'll be a tight game on Sunday. I don't think it'll be a blowout either way. I think it will be tight. Um, it depends again which Steelers team show up on Sunday, doesn't it? If it's the the battling Steelers of, of Sunday against the Bucks, then it, we've got every chance. If it's the Steelers against the um, against the Bills, then we could, like you said, get our asses kicked. I think, uh, as you put it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just remembered something else that popped into my mind. Something yeah. that kind of had to happen last week in regards to um, what Matt, something that Matt Canada said. Yeah. Um, Calvin Austin haven't seen him injured. Great talent, great draft pick. Yeah. Um, we saw his potential during during uh, the pre preseason, right? We saw yeah. how good that he could be for us, right? Yeah. Well, Matt Canada, I guess, said something along the lines of, yeah, you know, with Austin returning, I don't know how we're going to be able to incorporate him on our offense. And I'm sitting here thinking wait you don't you don't know how to incorporate um a, a, a somebody that you just drafted that was playing really good in preseason just so happened to get injured and is back and ready to go ready to contribute but you don't know how to incorporate him in offense can you help me um understand where he was coming from when he said that, because I'm over here thinking, well, if you're creative, if you don't want to be predictable on offense, then you're going to find a way to use Calvin Austin on offense. You drafted him for a reason. Why wouldn't you want to see him on offense? Yeah, I, I, 100%. I don't understand it. If if you are a skilled offensive coordinator, you know, and you look at some of the other OCs around around the league. You know, you even look at the likes of someone like Michael Lafleur at the Jets, who's doing a great job. Um, who's the brother of the giant, uh, the Packers head coach? You look at um, someone, you know, like Eric Bieniemy in Kansas City. You look at Ken Dorsey in Buffalo. Those guys know how to incorporate people into their system. And for Canada to come out and say that he doesn't know how quite how to incorporate him into the system, I think is just a damning indictment of Matt Canada. It really is. And you know, I think he did show there, didn't he, that he didn't know how to use Ben last year. And yes, I know Ben was coming to the end of his run, but, you know, Ben saved Matt Canada's job. I think we all know that. And at the end of the day, Canada is just showing his ineptitude, his complete ineptitude. Matt says here, with Stephen Sims not practicing today and possibly hurt, Austin could be doing returns on Sunday night. So we may see Austin Austin back in that um, thing. But, you know, I'm definitely exci excited to see Austin, you know, um, Brian Brown says that's worrisome. Calvin Austin the third is a little dude, and little dudes get hurt a lot in the NFL. The only thing I'd say, Brian, is they've got to catch him first. He is absolutely lightning quick. Yeah, like I think that there's a huge stereotype on small guys in the NFL, right? Obviously, injuries are a huge thing, but also if you're talented and you're smart on offense give the ball to the guy and let him run. Like, yeah. let him do his thing, man. Like, it all goes back into the coaches making play their play calls being working for the players, not doing what they think is right. So I, I guess I heard on a podcast on, like, Pat McAfee showed the other day, frustrations with – I forget what, what it was, what team it was, but these uh, these offensive coordinators not – 
running plays that are like suitable to their players. Like um, if you have a quarterback that's like more fluid, like running, like, why are you going to like, why are you going to limit him passing the ball the majority of the time and he can run? You know what I mean? So it's just yeah. one of those types of situations uh, that we should be seeing more using these players to where their, where their talents, where they're really strong, where their strong suits are. Yeah. Cold Mill Report. We seem to have a Star Wars theme going on in, in the live chat at the moment. Cold Mill Report is likening Calvin Austin to an Ewok. Um, we had earlier on someone likening Jerry Jones to Emperor Palpatine, and then someone else disagreeing and saying that he felt Bill Belichick was more Emperor, Pal Emperor Palpatine. So definitely sort of their own sort of little agenda going on in the live chat there. <laughs> <laughs> Blessing being an Ewok. Um, but yeah, I think you know overall it's gonna it, it's gonna be a very interesting game. I think as the week goes on, obviously we'll learn more about who is going to play and who isn't going to play. I mean, early early assessment, uh, Mackenzie. Do we see Kenny start Sunday, or do they are they going to hold him out for this week and say I, that, you know it's been in protocol? I see him starting. I mean, we saw Mike Tomlin say if Kenny's healthy, he's going to play. I think they're going to play him. I don't think I think if he had a concussion, obviously they weren't they, they shouldn't play him, but. He didn't get a concussion. I think they were probably doing their best to protect him as much as they can. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe he went into the locker room and was like, you know what, guys, like maybe I don't have a concussion. Maybe I don't, I'm not fully concussed, but it's probably smart for me to stop in case I do get hit again and make it a lot worse because he, like I said, the way his head hit looked like, it was whiplash, like a sort sense of whiplash. And you're still going to feel that for a few days, right? So I yeah. think it's very encouraging that he doesn't have a concussion and that our head coach said that if he feels up to it, he's going to play. So it would have been one thing if he, they had ruled him concussed on Monday, but it's Wednesday and there are like full reports coming out saying that he's not concussed. So I think that's a little encouraging. I know we all want to keep him safe, but maybe they were keeping him safe by not bringing him back into the game on Monday because they knew that, you know, it, it wasn't worth it. Yeah, 100% agree with you, Mackenzie. And I think, yeah, I think he gives us the best chance to, to win still. He does move the ball exceptionally well. And he, he certainly is someone who provides a spark on offense. I really do hope that he does start um, start uh, Sunday night against the Miami Dolphins. Um I think, you know, as, as Coleman reports that he was a monster at college level. I was so happy when we got him, leave it up to Canada, leave it up to Canada not to know how to use him. I think right. that's a reference, reference perhaps to Austin as well. Yeah. Um, as 007 says in the live chat, what's up with the whole AFC North? Browns, Ravens are keeping the Steelers in it. But I think, yeah, you know, last point, I think we just discussed McKenzie, I think, because where the time is. Um, the AFC North is so tight and bunched up at the moment, isn't it? There's no one team pulling away. Yeah. I think it's 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 interesting. It's good that we're not seeing that for our sake, too. A little yeah. concerning because it could be anybody's ball game come time for playoffs. Um, three, how many of us will even make it to the playoffs? Um, because you see other divisions killing it. Like for once, the what is it? The A A um, the East. A, yes, the East. The East is thriving, right? Yeah. The East, the East are doing really well. Is, is, who else is in there? there. So the East at the moment is the Bills 5-1, and one, the Jets 4-2, and two, Dolphins 3-3, three and three, Patriots 3-3. Three and three. So everyone in, in the East 
has an even record. Uh, the West's pretty average, which is a bit of a surprise. The AFC South stinks, as always. Uh, the AFC North at the moment is Ravens 3-3, three and three, Bengals 3-3, three and three, Browns 2-4, and four, Steelers 2-4. and four. So there's, it is a very close division at this moment in time. Yeah, you know, and when it comes down to who's going to end up making it into the playoffs, it's going to be very good. I think it's going to be – this is going to be the most competitive year that we've seen in a while to get into the playoffs because you heard – I heard you. I think I heard you say that the Jets are second in their division. They are four and two. How? How? Anybody that watched last year and now watching this year would be like, "How? How is are the Jets four games went like have four wins and then we, you know, barely have two wins right now? It's it's crazy. The NFL is changing. The NFL is getting more competitive. We're seeing things that we've never seen before. And, you know, that's why the stakes are higher more than ever. That's why everyone has to be on their A game every week. And I think people aren't really looking at the bigger picture of, you know, while we're struggling, people are getting better. You know, people are, are it's like a horse race. It's like, we're all like doing our best. And then you see like this, like the teams like trickle out and like, you know, the teams that are really, really know what they're doing. You see them prosper and thrive throughout the season. You know, another team to note is the Eagles. Like they're undefeated. The Eagles, we play them next weekend coming off of, they're coming off a bye and they get us the undefeated team, the only undefeated team coming off their bye. Then they get us, us dude. Like, this the competition the stakes have never been higher that's i'm gonna leave it at that yeah, yeah definitely the parity in the nfl this year is a whole lot higher and, and the jets have definitely built a decent squad over there in uh, new jersey rather than new york obviously and it's like yeah. i think it's cold mill report says robert salah is a good head coach you know robert salah is someone who also comes from the carl shanahan coaching tree as well you know salah was with the dc for the 49ers so again he's someone who's learned from shanahan so i think you know, props to Shanahan for turning out these amazing coaches. So, uh, uh, you know, anything can happen, I think, going forward in the AFC. Alex Mahoney says, Tomlin seems to get on a roll. You can see a string of wins. Now, first question is, Mackenzie, have you got a score prediction for Sunday against the Dolphins? Man, I'm so bad with these score prediction things. I I can't. I, I, God, I can't. I don't know. I'm so bad. I'm so bad at picking. I think the I think the Dolphins will easily put up thirty. Yeah, maybe twenty four. Okay, so I've got my prediction. I think I gave last night um, on a on a different podcast. I think it was like I said 20, 24, 20 Steelers. Um, I went for now going into the bye. We've got two games left before we go into the bye. We're currently sitting at two and four. Uh, what what record do you think we go into the bye with, Mackenzie? My personal prediction was three. I'm um, going in now is three and five. That we go in at three and five. We win one, we lose one over the next two two games. So I think we're going to go in at three and five, Mackenzie. What do you think we're going to go into the bye at? I'm going to have to agree with that. I think we're going to go into a bye at three and five. Sadly, um, you know, it would be a miracle to win these next two games, but that would uh, involve taking out the undefeated team. The only only undefeated team in the NFL. So, I mean, hey, if we can beat Tom Brady, we can take out the Eagles. Anything's possible at this point, right, yeah. man? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the, the only thing about the Eagles is that they are a very impressive team. I think, 
You know, you watch the Eagles, they've got a very good defence, a very good offence. Hertz finally seems to be getting it together. And the fact that we are playing in Philadelphia where we have not won a game since 1965, apparently. And that's even the 70s Steelers have, have not won there. So it's, it, is a, it is a place where we... I mean, we won a pre-season game last season, but we haven't won a, a regular season game since 65, I think it is. That's concerning. That's really sad and that's really concerning. <laughs> You never know. Maybe, maybe in the same way the Penguins overcame the Flyers eventually. Um, maybe eventually we'll have a situation where the Steelers will go to Philadelphia and will beat the Eagles, maybe, and hand them their first loss. No team can go undefeated forever, they say, apart from the 72 Dolphins, obviously. Um, okay, so guys, it's a bit of pleasure having everyone in the live chat. Thanks for your comments, your questions, your thoughts. Um, yeah, I think, you know, we've got to, like Brian Brown says, we've got to have the have faith, haven't we? We've got to have faith. We are the Pittsburgh Steelers after all. We've got to have faith in ourselves. Um, let's just see. I think let's just see how it goes the next two games. Share the same fight, the same heart, the same battle that we shared against the Bucks, and then anything's possible. Uh, Mackenzie, thank you so much for joining me tonight uh, or today or whatever time it is over there in LA. I'm not quite sure. Um, anything you want to plug? Anything you want to? Uh, anything you want to? Any final thoughts you want to put across there, Mackenzie? Oh man, no. Um, other than you know, let's just hope that we show up on Sunday in Miami that we didn't leave anything, you know, in Pittsburgh that, you know, everything came with us to yeah. Miami and that we show up, play as best as we can. And literally all we can do is hope for the best. So, you know, go Steelers. Can't wait for Sunday. Let's get behind them and let's get a win. Let's do yeah. this. Definitely. Okay, guys, thank you again for joining us. I will be back tomorrow with another video. Look out for some more content. Also, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers Syndicate tomorrow. Mark and I will be doing a preview of the Miami Dolphins game. So join us on the Syndicate as well. Thanks for joining us. I'll speak to you again soon. Thank you ever so much to McKenzie again. And uh, let's just keep keep on going, Steeler Nation. Let's keep on rolling. Bye, guys. <laughs>